Okay, time around. So, mate, I'm pooped. I'm just pooped. Don't know why. So tired, bruv. Why? I don't know, mate. I don't have a clue. Like, work's not particularly hard, but I'm just knackered. Oh, what are you saying? You still, you still. Quite. Are you still working as a chef? Yeah. Yeah, we've been back for like a month now. What's that stupid ringing? That was George. George. <laughs> he doesn't know the mute button. Ah, the technical difficulties continue. Yeah, man, but I'm knackered. Oh, they put the chef on furlough at work. So he's not even in. Yeah. Headshot. Yeah. Headshot. Me, yeah. But it's a par though. They're scam what? it's like a it's a par because you know, they like came up to me yesterday and they're all like We've got to make a new menu, we've got to make it more modern, blah blah blah. I'm just yeah. like, Yeah, that's cool and everything. And then they're like yeah. they're like you have to pass all the com- all the um commands and stuff and I'm just like yeah that's fine but it's like I'm still my contract still says I'm second so it's just like you gotta show me the money <laughs> you want me to do the shit show me the money and no one's doing that it's a par man that's how yeah, like even in my current job that's how they run it in terms of they kind of see if you can do the job they like that you'll be promoted to so essentially you do the job at the pay grade that you were getting paid before yeah 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 that's what that like, that's what the director of the sale was trying to say to me like it's like a trial thing but i was just like bro like, who wants to do a trial like it's either they give it to me because i'm saying i'm leaving and so yeah. you're making me do all of this and like one of the guys was like yesterday was like oh yeah if you had your own restaurant what would be the menu you should make that menu. I was like, what do you mean? You want me to just give you all my best shit? Like, it's a, it's, it's a par, man. I'm getting parred off and just doing my head in. But we'll see how I suppose you're in a strong negotiating position because so they've already furloughed the head chef. Yeah, but that's the thing that's a bit messed up with the situation for me is that they've got no grounds to get rid of him. So yeah. it's like, he's not at work, but he lives in a Pernay. So it's yeah. like he knows what's happening in the restaurant. So once he yeah. sees that we in the kitchen are doing things that like are a bit not French traditional, he's going to be like, yeah. what's going on? So then when he comes back, it's just going to be like, "What? you can't get rid of him. They're not the sort of guys to pay him off. So it's just like, it's just going to be a sticky situation. So I think I need to... Presumably just... until they let him go or if they... Unless they let him go, they can't technically promote you to premiere. Exactly. So it's like they're in the shit a bit with money. So it's like, yeah. I think they're just like, ah, oh, we've taken the chef off. The government's paying for him for a bit. So we're just going to try and make as much money as possible in this time period by parring off Kwame. Yeah. I mean... You could look at it in a different light yes. of if they said, like, try your menu. Obviously, not your, like, A-grade bombs, but you could do yeah, stuff that you would, you know, be interested in yeah, that's trying what, out. 
that's what Sophie said. So yeah, because it's uh, cool to actually try the gig as well. Like for you, it's almost like a free trial period. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That yeah. too. But it's just like I don't know, man. Don't worry about the money, man. You'll get paid. Like everyone gets paid. Look at Pip. Look at Pippin. Man got paid in the end. <laughs> It's not even the same. <laughs> How is it not the same? Man just grafted. He just did what he did. Probably top three player in the NBA, but like paid super mid, super little. Yeah. And but, ends up getting a fat contract. But he was still making pee. And then his wife gets banged out by future, isn't it? Oh, I know, it's so deep. You are so, so down deep. with the gossip nowadays, right? <laughs> <laughs> Work from home, innit? <laughs> <laughs> That Maya Jammer one the other day got me good. I was like, oh my God, what was this guy on about? <laughs> Why? When you were like, what happened between Stormzy and Maya Jammer, like out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> as if you're going to know as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but seriously, what, what happened? I don't know, man. I heard some. I heard some shit. I read some shit that he did something with Georgia... Smith. Smith. But he, I mean, obviously, I guess he would, but he came out and said that that's categorically untrue. But I mean, I guess Clinton said he. But then I've he seen another thing where, where he says, like, yeah, it was because he was being cheating. Yeah, so, yeah, but not specifically with her, right? Yeah, well, it doesn't say who, but whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Sounds like. Can't imagine it's fun being. I mean, being in that position when everyone's just up in your business. Oh, mate, get ready for it when this podcast takes off. Yeah, mate, I'm not. I'm not prepared (laughs) for that. I'm going to be like the Eminem sort of celebrity. I'll I'll pistol whip you if you come near me. (laughs) No, mate. I was thinking more there, Dave Chappelle just walks away from the big box. Say goodbye. I watched something... I watched a good podca- Joe Rogan podcast the other day with some guy. I'm called... not too sure any of his is good, by the way, but... You're a hater, that's why. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had some black guy on, what's his name? Colon Noir. Some black guy who's like a gun advocate in America. It's pretty interesting. He had some... What was he talking about? He was just talking about why he's pro-guns and why he's not about defunding the police. And, yeah, it's crazy. You know, I didn't know that in America, when the people were saying defund the police, what I understood was, like, you know, because it's so militarised, like, take some money away, put it into training them or something. Yeah. So apparently there's people out there who are, like, defund the police as in, like, get rid of them altogether. I'm just like... Who wants to live in a society with no police? I don't. Bruv, you'll get eaten up quickly or turn into Mad Max out here. It'll be wild. I don't get it. I think something that I see is that the money that would go into police goes into society and in terms of, like, facilities to get kids off the street, get the education up, activity club, etc., whereby doing that is a positive way of ensuring that what petty crime, etc., goes on, which might be societally, sociologically driven, 
you help to reduce that by spending redirecting the money. So in a sense, you get down towards the root rather than trying to nip things at the top. You nip it in the bud, bro. Yeah, I, I feel that. But at the same time, there's crazy motherfuckers out there. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Um, yeah. But they, were, they talked about something else as well, which I thought was interesting. Like in America, it was actually Joe who talked to, said it. You know, like Joey, Joey, Joey Rogue, Mr. Hundred Million. Oh, okay, I thought you were saying Joe, Joe Triviani. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he said oh, something like, "Who's gonna join the police now?" Although, I, yeah, although from our news source, bro, I saw this thing where it, it, it's this policewoman. Yeah, and she's sat in her car, and base, and she's like. I always I find it quite interesting. You know when people record into a video and then like selfie video yeah. and then upload it. But essentially, she was like she was in a drive-through for Starbucks or something, and her order was delayed, delayed, and then eventually they only send her a coffee. And it, and eventually she's like starts crying and, t- and being like, I don't, I can't, I can't even drink this because I don't know what they might have put into it, and it's terrible how. She's she became a police officer for the right reasons, quote unquote. But um, it's terrible that that's how it's coming. And I was like, I could understand her perspective because maybe she is one of the uh, one of the, the what I would guys. hope to be the many who actually want to do a good job. Yeah. And people are talking about how police can't go to work in their uniforms now because of fear of like retribution. And I saw a thing which was like, yeah, imagine where you can't go out on the street without worrying whether just because of your appearance, Bro. you might get gunned down <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> and that's it, right? And, and uh, anyway, so the point about that policeman's story is that CJ McCollum, who's one of the NBA players, he retweeted it and it was like, it was, it was, he was like, if you can't handle the fire, get out. He was just like, watching no, no sympathy. No sympathy. It was just like, yeah. Which oh, I think that, you know what? That's, I think that's what I was talking about before when I'm like, the sides, you know, there's no space for the dialogue. Because I, I feel that's a moment where you could be like, yeah, now you, you can sort of be like, this is my, you feel what I feel. Yeah. And have yeah, the discussion. Yeah, yeah. But instead, America is like, you know what? Fuck you, bitch. Ha ha. Right to the die. <laughs> Just like, allow it, bruv. Like, be safe. <laughs> be safe. But, yeah. I think that should. I think that. I wonder why that t shirt isn't already made. I reckon that should be our first podcast merchandise. What? And it should just say, allow it, bruv. <laughs> <laughs> we love, but that's, that's a moneymaker. That that's genius, bruv. That's a moneymaker. Oh. Yeah, it's fucked, man. <sighs> it's a shame. And I didn't know as well. It's annoying because once I start working, I'm like, I'm proper out of touch of what's going I catch things like a few a few days late. But I didn't know maybe this one's a couple of weeks late. But in Seattle, there's like, yeah. a, there's like an area where like Antifa or whatever have like locked down, locked it down and there's like no police in there. There was no policing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A police-free zone or something, right? Yeah. But supposedly two people have been murdered in there. Yeah, yeah. 
which I guess is like a small microcosm of what you were talking about, bro. Like they want to have no police, but when there's no police, some crazy person's gonna. Rav, people will just exploit the situation, and it's a madness. It's the same here, though. In France, like I don't really follow the news because I don't have a TV anymore. But like, yeah. when I've seen things on like news channels on YouTube, it's like everyone's just like, "Yeah, there's no such thing as white privilege." You know, here it's more the color is not the. It's more the fact that you've put white in it that matters more than the privilege part. And, you know, like, all politicians are doing these things. I heard one the other day where she was, he was like, yeah, I've got to where I've got to in life because I worked hard and, like, I never gave up. He's like, that's what everyone should do. Yeah. And I was like, that's such a... It's such a shame that people are so... I don't know if it's, like... It's not ignorance because I think they know, but it's like um, there's no empathy. Like you know, if you're empathetic in media, you seem weak, maybe or something. Yeah. And so yeah. no one's empathetic. Everyone just stands their ground. And it's such a shame, man. Because yeah, like I do get it. I don't want. No one wants a handout. Everyone wants to work hard, but at the same time, I think there's a middle line there. Like you can't just be like. Like, I know for a fact at work, when we get CVs in, I've seen it and I was shocked. But I've seen, like, certain people at work look at a CV. Even yeah. if the guy's good, if his name is, you know, not French. Yeah. Like, no, nah, we don't want you. Really? And it's been, yeah, it's been, I've, I've seen it. Or, like, if the address is, like, the ends in the Pernay, the get yeah. part, don't want any of it. yeah. And the other thing that I think that's interesting about that is I reckon those people will very much be convinced and also convince others that they're not racist or they're not that that's not being discriminatory. Yeah, they have like good reasons why those people shouldn't get it. So they'll point at their CV and be like, Oh, actually this isn't right, this mm, isn't right. Like, yeah, it's exactly like that. But it's like I, I just read a I uh, I'm I feel bad, but I just read a Daily Mail article about that geezer <laughs> <laughs> that geezer who um flew, who organized or flew the plane or whatever with the banner oh yeah 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 mate he is i didn't even like edl central and what did he such just like one of the most bullshit articles i've ever read he was like yeah i'm not racist <laughs> <laughs> he's like i'm not racist i've got loads of black and asian mates and he was yeah. like i just wanted to what did he say i just wanted to share just share that white people's lives matter as well but then there's like parts where it's like yeah what did it say yeah sometimes he gets drunks drunk coked up and uses offensive language online like there's loads of examples of him using packy and stuff sorry but <laughs> using it online it's just yeah. like you know that middle england edl basically like what and what i don't understand about that is you know like when it went up and then in the immediate aftermath people are like yeah we're gonna try to get to the bottom of this and i was just thinking when you say try to get to the bottom of it you could call up the 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 airport find out which plane it is find out which company it is find out who placed the order and then go to their house and speak to them like that takes three four five minute phone calls why is there complexity as if you're like Magnum PI to try and find so out who it is. So basically, in the in the thing, 
which is Fez, the guy does state that the police came to his yard and apparently they just told him that he hasn't actually done anything illegal. Yeah. They, they offered to protect him because they thought he's going to get threatened. He's going yeah. to he's going to lose his job, and obviously Burnley have taken away his band from Burnley Stadium, which is yeah. like, damn like fuck <laughs> <laughs> so, so deep. Burnley. <laughs> well, they, presumably, like I don't know much about it, but I presume like they've waited decades to get into the prep. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which also then makes me wonder if it happened at like a Sunday league match would anyone care yeah I, I presume they would right like if anyone saw it it would still make the news channels but I don't know man I just don't but get why good, people yeah. I just don't know why people don't get what it's about by now like it just you know it's the stupid people again that's all it just all I see <laughs> as like, if you're still being a thick cunt about it and just like fuck off because you're not here to help anyone. You're just making everything worse. Does my head in? It's like moving away from the be empathetic and listen. Sorry, but yeah, there's just limits, man. I have my limits. But it's like, like at work, the other day, the sh- the chef was just going off on one. Like sometimes he just goes off on this, like he's like massive, just speeches about nothing. And he was talking about um. He doesn't understand properly the concept of Black Lives Matters or whatever. But he was right. just talking about like what he'd seen on the news about what's going on in America or, or like in England in Bristol with the statue. And he's just like, no, you're not touching my history. I was like, I don't think that's what, like, I don't think it's the history. I was like, if someone took takes the statue away, does that mean you're going to forget the history of that said, said person? Do you know what I mean? No, yeah. you're not. Like, you're going to remember it. But he was just like, no. Oh. He was like, it's going too far now, you know. It's going too far. Yeah, I'm white. And yeah, maybe... He was like... And you know, he does this thing where he's like... When he knows he's, like, borderline, he'll try and, like, bring me into the conversation to try and, like, <laughs> tag him up, you know, be like a tag team. And he's like, you know, yeah, I'm white. And maybe my life wasn't the same as, like, Kwame's and, like, our interactions aren't the same. Right, Kwame? And I was like, nah, bro, like, it's not that. <laughs> Like, I'm not part of this speech. I'm not tagging you up. Like, allow me. Uh, but it's just yeah. strange how, like, everything's been misconstrued. Like, so when you say to me, like, when I hear Black Lives Matter now, everyone, I think, automatically goes, all right, so, like, in America, I feel like Black Lives Matters means defund the police and, like, all policemen, all white people are racist. And I think that's how a lot of people see it. They don't see it as actually we're just trying to bring more eyes onto a certain problem or certain demographics problem in society. If you know what I mean, it's not to say uh, that. Huh? I think it's. I think I don't. It depends who, which lens you're talking about. So if people hear Black Lives Matters, I think again maybe it is for the liberal left, or like generally people who we describe as sensible, but maybe that's sensible according to our morals and values, but the people who are generally occupying the centre center area. Mm. And you think they understand that to not be anti-racist in this day and age is to potentially be racist. So it's like, what is it? Um, 
MLK's quote was, what, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Mm. And I think it's this idea that unless you, unless you actively talk out and say there is a problem, okay, acknowledge the problem and say that you're going to take steps to deal with it, you're complicit in, in what is already there and, and in what is institutionalised discrimination and racism. But I, don't, I think that's um, the thing that a lot of people are like, that's not my problem. Yeah, and I think that's the I mean, difficult part. I mean, it would be a really nice point to bring George in because he's a white guy. He's a what is it? Come the off. trifecta of privilege is where you're white, male, and probably like middle class. I think, but I'm not quite sure. But I guess it's interesting to see the perspective of someone like that. So, so basically, George. George. <laughs> yes. George. Yeah. <laughs> I've only just joined, so I just caught the end of what you were saying. And it's, it's interesting, so it's something Kiara and I talk about quite a lot at home. But I don't know, I haven't really... I, yeah, it's very difficult to, to comment much on it, I find, in terms of... I don't, you know, I don't know what we you know, are like, supposed to all do as a society to improve things. I guess like you can talk about it all, but what what are the actions that need to be taken? Like I haven't I haven't seen any um, constructive conversations around around that. You know, it's it's one thing to raise awareness, but what can inherently change, and how and how should we go about that? Which I get, but I think the issue with that is, and I'm not saying this is about you, George, but I think that that um, like default to inaction because what can I do as an individual is what essentially I think although is, is something that the, the, the helplessness, the powerlessness that is felt by many people, but I worry that that is the same argument that is pounced upon and like is built on by people who would like to maintain the status quo, i.e. Yeah, no, no, I'm, not, I'm not saying... Um, point, you know? Yeah, I'm not saying like, oh, what what can I do? Uh, yeah. You know, what difference can I make? I mean, it's more what should what should we be doing? What are the actions that need to be taken? You know, what you know, there are things to be done, but I just haven't heard. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of the, the actions points rather than saying, ah, oh, there's nothing I can do. There's probably lots. I yeah, can do don't I don't know. That? Yeah, what what is that? What are yeah, we supposed to be doing? I'm sort of with George on that. Like, what happens after the protests? Because, I, I mean, I can say in my workplace there's been like a really, first of all, it's been good because as a, as a large company, they've bit, like taken a very public stance on it, which I think is a start. Like as in to say we, are, we vocally and actively oppose what is going on. We oppose institutional racism and also we agree that Black Lives Matter. And so that's a start. And then I think I see that they've, uh, come up with these action points of how they like for example this idea to bring to highlight to people particularly those in senior positions that these unconscious biases exist and so you can actively go out of your way to be an ally of these people to mentor them to coach them to give them opportunities to to like deliberately bring them in and i think it's a slightly different world because 
everyone who's an employee is very capable, right? So it's not like you're going to have to bring in Johnny No Nuts who like can't string a sentence together and be like, go go out and speak to a CEO just because of the color of your skin and you're underrepresented, right? Yeah. It's actually you've got very capable people, but saying in the past, capable people weren't getting the same opportunities. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's the kind of thing that I, I, I like. What we saw with the the Reddit co-founder, Serena Williams, his husband, who's white, but he resigned his post as a board member of Reddit and said this should be taken by a black member. That is why I'm resigning. And I think, sure, that's me. That's like, that's potentially a PR move. And a lot of people will probably argue like, but what if he was the best guy, the best guy for it? And people are like, are you, uh, is, is, are your shareholders going to be like, oh, that's a bad move? But what you'd hope is that his thinking would say it doesn't. It's short term to think about current shareholders. The long term view is to say if he resigns his post and if a person of color is appointed to that position, who is inherently going to be super qualified to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Let's let's not get like let's not debate that. Then, but by virtue of that person being there, it potentially opens the door for more people to keep on coming through and to end up with what we see as like a more balanced, more inclusive, more diverse. Um, yeah. world than we are currently living in. Hmm. Yes, that's true on that level. But what about on my level with the retards and shit? <laughs> no, but it's true. I think that's where the for me that's like it's easy, not easier. It's way easier to convince an educated person about this course than to convince someone who uses Instagram as their news source. Also, actually, in, in, in the subject that you're kind of discussing, June, in terms of, you know, yeah, what it's like uh, in a global company and, you know, high corporate positions, but then also the sort of, and what Kwame was saying in terms of another, the other aspect, though, but in terms of police uh, discrimination, like those are two separate topics, right? Or two separate ways of being tackled, right? And they seem to be all part of the, the Black Lives Matter movement, but they're the two separate problems, I'd say. And we need, you know, so when we're talking about one thing and then you go on to talk about what it may be about problems within education or yeah. in yeah and in yeah. the workplace that's a, that's a separate thing and they they and they you know they stem back right from where people have opportunities at different schools and migration yeah. and where you are as in a society in terms of the school you go to and then the opportunities you get you know higher education which is a different thing to uh yeah police police discrimination which is you know that is the you know, that seems like the thing, the kind of the low-hanging fruit that we could try and fix first. Where that's low-hanging just people, fruit, George. Man, you've you been corporate working. speak, mate. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's one of my favourite, favourite lines to use. People absolutely gobble it up as well. Dude, I reckon, no, I think you've got to go for like a slight variation of low-hanging fruit. Enough. Because there's going to be people who just hate that phrase. And so you've got like, I think there's, you know, easy, easy wins then. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. easy wins. Cherry picking, <laughs> blah blah. Uh, anyway, no, but to no, that point, cherry, cherry picking something different. But yeah, I was thinking <laughs> that um, 
I was thinking it stems back from from the fact that no one is born racist, right? So it's something in education and culture in society that as you're growing up, people are developing these inherent unconscious yeah. biases. Yeah, I'm on it. Then I guess then I guess that there is something that is structurally broken in how people are growing up. And I'm not there's by far I'm not saying that this is an easy fix far from. But for example, what we were talking about in like how history is taught. Mm. And you were saying Kwame well, in America, American Black History Month is a month where they talk about it, but they don't talk about it for the rest of the year. And it's like, well, what, do they not count in the other eleven months? I get that people will probably say actually we focus deliberately on black history for a month, like give it like in a sense, ignore white history just to focus on black history for a month. So I, I get that it's maybe trying to balance that off. But in her, when you come to police brutality, at some level, it's individuals as well as society, which which me which means that that man who who kneels on George Floyd's neck believes he can act like that with impunity. Like a, he doesn't think he's doing something wrong, and b, he thinks he'll do it, and it, there's no chance he's going to jail for it, let alone that anyone's going to do about it, anything about it. Yeah. And it's that level of thinking that. Sure, we might not be able to stop people being intrinsically, unconsciously biased and racist, but there can definitely be ways in which people are discouraged from um, antisocial behaviour for X, Y, Z reasons, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's a reason why I don't go around smashing car windows off when I'm having a bad day, is because I know that there will be a problem associated with it. And so if we were to try to pick these low-hanging fruit, there would be something about <laughs> there would be something about people in a police force understanding that you just cannot behave with police brutality against people of colour, of which there are numerous examples. When they see, even when they get to trial, even when it's a massive public thing, even when there's an outpouring of grief and people are quite clear from what I can see anyway, that there is evidence against the police person, they never go to jail. Oh, and for the majority of people, they just carry on working with on full pay without suspension. Mm. Whereas now, when they see this guy and they see him go to jail, like presumably he's getting a life sentence, bro, when bro. they see that, people are going to stop and think, aren't they? Some of them are out of prison already, though. I saw on Instagram a video. <laughs> One of the mixed-race officers was just in the supermarket doing his shopping. And some employee really? woman just comes up. She's like, aren't you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's me. And she's like, aren't you ashamed? He's like, bro, like, let my man, he's out on bail. He paid bail and he's out. Yeah. I don't know why he needs shit when he's just going to get food. <laughs> so she's what, in- what do you think would have happened had George Floyd not died? Nothing. Well, we wouldn't have known about it. It wouldn't have been publicised. So, and and so, yeah. So, yeah. I wonder how much that still, you know, that type of treatment goes on, and it's only due to the death that it gets highlighted. But then, also, do you think there was intent of the police officer? If you told the police officer before he starts kneeling on the net, you know, you do that, it's going to kill him. Like obviously, you think you, you, you're choking someone's air supply. Yeah, you should know that you're going to kill them. But I'm just out of what do you think? Do you think there was intent there? I think, well, I think the guy was a bit 
It was oh, a, dude, like, what do, what do you mean intent? Like, yeah, I, I got it's, a, it's eight minutes. The guy's kneeling on a guy's neck for eight minutes and forty. And it's seconds. also maybe like, even in even if we said he he wasn't aware, right? Is the fact that there's so many people around him being like, he can't breathe. The guy saying, "I can't breathe." He's calling out for his mum. You just yeah, have to make know. like a. 10 centimeter no. adjustment and then it's sort of done but he doesn't do anything and I think that's the for me yeah, that's yeah, where yeah, the intent that's, lies that's the crime yeah, yeah that's fair enough. I, I have I decided not to watch the video but yeah, yeah. I'm with you George yeah. I don't think watching these videos makes anything makes the situation any better actually I think it makes it naturalizes us to the situation so the next time it happens people are just going to be like yeah well I've seen it happens all the time I've seen it already and so I think it's not good to publicise the videos as much as they are. So I feel well, like I think, for example, the, the case with uh, Ahmed Aubrey, uh, from what I've understood, that the the murder, should we call it, in February or January happened, and it was being swept under, I'll say swept under the rug. Yeah, but they didn't get arrested the, for The months, legal processes yeah. that were going on it was all, and when they've looked now into it, the storyline is that, you know, the police knew that these guys knew the, like, prosecutors, and, and through various things was basically, it was going to go on, un, uh, like, not a big deal made out of it, until in May, the video was leaked or released, and yeah. that's when it starts. Obviously, it is, if you, like, it dawned on me at some point, it is very inhuman it's a very inhuman experience to watch someone die, to watch someone be killed. Yeah. Right? If you think about it, you're watching that person, you're watching him breathe his last breaths, like from the point where he's fully alive to where he's dead. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like at no level, in a sense, like no human should ever really have to watch that in this day and age. But that's what's particularly problematic. I don't think that it's being glorified or people are being like, yo, man, like, watch this and, uh, and be, and that you would become desensitized to it. Because, like, how, how could you become desensitized to someone nah, being killed? Bro, I mean, bro, but you can, like, you know, like, I don't know. I think back to when I sort of realized about, like, me giving a shit about other people's lives. When, like, England, when we went to Iraq or whatever of America and Georgie Bush, and like, you hear about, like, the amount of people dying in the bombings or whatever. And for me, it was like, at first, I was like, raw, that's a lot. But then eventually, you hear numbers and you're just like, oh, actually, yeah. that's not that bad. Because you've seen previous, you've seen previous, so it's just like, you do get used to it and you do get desensitized to it. It's like, go and ask all the Mexicans who live in Juarez. Places like one of the deadliest places in the world. They just go along with their lives like nothing's happening because you got to. Otherwise, what are you going to do? You're just going to stay indoors all day. And I think that's what happens with these videos. There's so many of them on Instagram. Like, so many of them. Uh, it's fucking crazy, <laughs> what, man. What, these, what do you mean by these videos? Sorry. Like, police brutality videos. Police just... Yeah, being brutal to... <laughs> is that an Actimel? <laughs> Are you drinking an Actimel? Um, it's, um, 
That's a pro, yeah. But yeah, I think it, the essence of it is the same. You bitch. Is that a Little's Finest? <laughs> yeah, man. Shout out Little. <laughs> Podcast sponsored by Little. I've, I recently switched up to Little. Oh, bro. Way cheaper. Get on the train. Just way cheaper. Get on the train. Although there is, like, I think there's some, there is a problem, right? When a chicken costs so little. And just like, how does that even work? Where is it from? <laughs> oh, like chicken legs, right? Like, Six good chickens had to die for this. Why is it so cheap? Bruh, those chickens do not see sunlight. That's what you need to know. <laughs> George, what did you treat yourself to in the supermarket today? Oh, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the best journey, all in all. Um, I ended up just buying nine bottles of wine. Nine? Nine? Yeah, nine. Well, I got, I've got my little trolley with me to carry, so... Um, what, I, I wasn't mean, worrying about trolley? how you were going to get it home. Like, <laughs> you talking about the granny trolley? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my granny trolley. <laughs> oh, my gosh, bro. <laughs> oh, it hasn't been a good day. Like, honestly, getting there, I took a wrong turn, and I did, like, a 20-minute loop. And it's, you know, nearly 30 degrees today in London. It's absolutely vacant. Yeah, it's horrible um, here as well. I mean, there's uh, a wrong turn, and then there's a 20-minute detour, George. Like, those two Why don't you just different. turn around? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't good. Um, um, and I, you know, I've been trying to really use my time off well because I'm off this week from work, and there's a low point today. And then getting in the supermarket, I got stuck in a mess. Yeah, a queue behind some lady who looked like she was still uh, still stockpiling. So that was a bit of a wait there as well. Yeah, but um, the worst man. Yeah, no, what was your approach to the? So hold on, did you buy nothing apart from nine bottles of wine? Yeah. <laughs> talk, talk me through your purchase well I was going there so I've been trying to buy a bit of Tempranillo recently just Picard and Grenache because Kiara quite likes a Rioja you know a spicy red um, but I went to the, the local independent wine shop recently and they're charging you know like £16 is like the base price so um and so I shuffled on down to Aldi and picked up a few five-pound bottles. And bang, bang, bang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, where, where were they 16 pounds? Uh, the small independent wine retailer in West Norwood. <laughs> yeah. shop, shop local, shop Aldi. <laughs> shop local until it costs you three times as much. <laughs> Mate, well, it's like that. Yeah. Sophie's always like, go organic shop. I'm just like... I'm not paying two euros for an apple. Like, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a reason why those chicken legs are so cheap. Exactly. Uh, and it's just, it's just yeah. trying to find balance, you know. You can't do it all the time. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You can't. So, you you were like, saying about your burgers, George. But, I mean, you didn't have the pleasure, but you're a local butcher. Well, the Polish-Brazilian guy. <laughs> I don't or, know about his, his ethnic background, but I know that his burgers were tasty yeah, yeah they were good so but also like that's so that's different again so I hit the burgers there they were about one pounds one pound 25 each which is fine right um and he you know takes out the truck steak because i went in yesterday and bought some literally uh minces it up adds his special seasoning which he won't tell me what it is and then uh yeah and there burgers same with his sausages as well actually you've got a big relent george Pardon? 
June said you've got a big green egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you like uh, it? Okay, yeah, bought that just before just before lockdown, actually. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I can't can't complain about quibble of about wine because big green egg is yeah, it wasn't the cheapest thing. But hopefully that <laughs> sort of thing. Well, like, <laughs> I love that. Bought a big green egg and then it's putting like a fifty p. <laughs> Yeah, he mashes it up in the mincer and then <laughs> mashes it up. I'm not trying to prove that. It's just mince, mate. It's pretty yeah. standard. Everyone knows it. Yeah, but just mincing nah, it's, is it's different. Yeah, yeah. Like, because if you buy just the mince, if you buy the mince meat, you don't know what cut has gone in. And like, I got fobbed off the other day in a different butcher. Well, I asked if he had meat. I asked him for some chopstick to make some mince meat. I had to make some burgers with it. And he pointed at his mince and he's like, oh, that's chopstick. But it wasn't. Because when you get home and you cook it, it tastes completely different. And that's um, one of Because I've tried making burgers before using normal mince meat, and they're the ones that taste a bit like ass. Yeah, because there's no fat in it. There's hardly enough fat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly the point. Yeah, the fat content is rubbish. And mm. then, well, yeah, I was always, well, I, I didn't know, like... Why can't yeah, Like, in a supermarket, you've got the different quality, quantity of, of fat. Yes. And the higher the fat content, the cheaper it is. Yeah. But then, I guess you guys are saying that... Are you guys saying that the less fat there is, the better? No, the I'm text? saying... The, I'm saying, for me, like, 30... So, at work, our burgers are, like, 25% fat. 75% lean meat. But again, we don't know. They're like pre-packaged from like a distributor. So we don't know what's what cut of meat is. Yeah. But um, if I did it at home, I'd probably do like 60-40. I like that shit fat. It's tastier. Yeah. And also, yeah, so that meat that isn't fat, it's if it's, yeah, is it like silver side or is it a bit of steak? And then all that all depends on then when you cook it, how the fat in the... Renders you know, and stuff, they, yeah. How they break down and stuff like that. Mm. And that's why, like, you can... You put a piece of steak, a good quality steak, on your on your big green egg and you cook it in, like, two minutes and it's tasty. You put on a bit of brisket for two minutes and it tastes like you're eating the bottom of the shoe. Yeah. Because <laughs> 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 it's just because of the proteins and the way they break down and all of that. Yeah. It's all to do with how the, the muscle... If it's like a working muscle, or if it's yeah. just George knows his stuff, belly. man. Yeah. George knows yeah. his shit. <laughs> but it strikes me, right? The science, the science, the scientist in me is like, surely you can get some degradative enzymes that you could just pour onto a brisket, which will break it down into a. Well, uh, yeah, when like a pastrami or something, like if you salted it. Yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking pastrami. Isn't that the thing in the like green? Ah, that's a fucking pepperoni, you idiot. <laughs> it's the pepperoni, bro. <laughs> I was like, why are you, why are you eating that? <laughs> uh... <laughs> but but when, yeah. you do, when you are salting a piece of meat, that is 
and like you're, you're curing it so you can eat it like roast and you're just preserving it so that's the difference and that's why when you're doing your it's all to do with the different temperatures is you know, when you're referring to tuning you can add say different enzymes to help break it down that's what you're doing yeah. when you cook something at like say you want the internal temperature to be like 60 degrees because that's the yeah. temperature at which the the meat breaks down and all and that's why you get your that's why you got to do your brisket at that type yeah. of temperature so what would happen if you do like cooked a a good quality steak in the same way that you cook a brisket a good like quality, a 12 hour low low and slow thing it'll be mushy mushy mush mush <laughs> and it would then be unpleasant to eat yeah and might have dried out in that time as well i think i would think but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why yeah, you'd you want to... Tell, you can try it and tell me, huh? I don't know why you'd yeah. want to do that, though. It'd be a waste of time. If you come around on Saturday, June, you can bring that expensive piece of steak. And, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> yeah, because you know that short... Was it the short rib that you did? The one that was, like, pretty thick? Yeah. Like, that had been in for how long? I don't know, like, three or four hours, probably. I made short ribs the other week. They are fucking juicy. <laughs> So you, what, how did you how did you cook them? I do low and slow. Yeah, and same here. So when I told Rachel, because Juno's wife came around and brought there some Korean marinated short rib, mm. and I think you guys cook them in like fifteen minutes, right? Or you whack them on just very high heat quickly, yeah. Uh, yeah, but also we might either like put it in a pressure cooker, in a fry and fry it. Or, no, no, no. Like, so that's a different way. So, like, we can break a little bit like braising in yeah. you know, like a pressure cooker. Yeah. But then also we tried it in an air fryer, and that was buff yeah. because, like, then you get the crispy, crispy outside, okay. but the meat inside is super juicy and tender, yeah. which I think you'd get a similar finish if you stuck it into the oven, which, again, I extrapolate that you could also do, like, a standard barbecue where it's high heat, direct heat, bang it on, get a crispy char on the outside, inside relatively, like, it's but then relatively if rare. If it's like that, would you not have to put it, Indirect for a bit to get the fat inside to render a bit. Yeah, I think I think not because I think if you bring it up to like look, you guys probably have more experience than me. But if you bring it up to room temperature so that the central temperature is reasonable, and then you bang it on that high heat barbecue, I think that's that external heat gets into the middle enough that it's still that medium rare. Like when a steak is served rare, a point. It's like red and pink and soft and juicy, right? Yeah. With very little heat has touched it, which I imagine that's also what we would kind of do for these short ribs. Yeah, I rarely cook a steak like that. I reverse sear everything at the moment. It's my it's my go to my go to method. But that's right. steaks also pretty expensive. It's so expensive. Yeah, it's Good steak <laughs> is like ridiculous. What yeah. did I eat last time? Last yeah, quite so the ones that you the ones that you had focused off, they they looked like they would be super expensive. Mate, yeah, like the one I the Gallus. Like yeah, that was eighty euros. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, man. What what cut is that? That's a coat de boeuf. A coat it's just like a ribeye on the bone. Okay. It's um Ribeye or sirloin? What's your what's your preference? Ribeye. George? Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't wouldn't have to have an opinion on those two. Oh god, I've just I, got him. Even like right. a, 
I don't know, like the meat like that, but it's like it's so good. Yeah. Like I can't eat that. I couldn't eat that every week, but that that blonde gallus I had was just is the best I've had this year by a long way. It's just so. And how much? How many people does that feed? It was just me, Sophie, and her mate Elias. So okay. it could it could do four comfortably. Okay. It was like a kilo, a kilo two. 1,200 grams, yeah, something like that. Bone in. Bone in, yeah. And the dog gets the Because I guess the thing, like, this no, is where we're at risk. No, I made a stop with bone. Sorry, go in. We're at risk of sounding very pretentious when we're talking about how you've bought an 80 euro steak. Yeah, but then, it sounds pretentious. Because like, in my head, I'm like, you should do that. Do that once a fortnight, and otherwise eat, eat veg. But yeah, that's what I do. I don't yeah, cook, yeah. so I cook once a week usually when I'm working, and that's going to be like Sunday or Monday. And so if yeah. if I have people around, or if we go somewhere, I'm just going to get a nice piece of meat to have with people. And so I think like when you share it as well, you, it's not like you're paying. I paid eighty quid, but I'm feeding like three people, four people, five people. So if you split it that way, the cost comes down. And it's a really like yeah. I'm talking like like you taste it and you're just like whoa, that's that's bloody good. So yeah, I'm interested. Like definitely next time round, I'll be intrigued. Mate, yeah. What did you What did you pair it with? What did we have? Some that's when I made the. There was the the last podcast is when we had the I made the mozzarella and parmesan buns. Some chim chimichurri and water. Oh, okay. We had like some salad so, next yeah. to it, and then we just drank loads of wine and. What was the vino? I don't know. I'm not the vino guy. I'm just George is our vino guy. Quaps. Is he? But no, but he's like done a te- I need... he's done a he's done a course. Ali George, so. what course have you done? <laughs> June will never let me forget that I've done that course. Every time he comes around, I don't know if you know June's a super taster as well. By the way, he thinks he is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not trying to bug you off here, George. Like it's cool that you've done a course. Like you saw Kwame's excitement about it. It's a good thing. I don't know why. I think you must just feel really self-conscious about it, and I don't understand why. I I know fuck all about wine, so it's just like, and I work in a restaurant where we've got this banging wine card. Yeah, June. If you still come around on Saturday, we can. We can do another call with Kwame once you've had a glass or two. You can show him some nice. of your wine skills. Yeah, good. I think that's... Oh, yeah, Kwame, you've got time on Sunday, right? Sunday, yeah. Mobile podcast, but beautiful. Do it. I'll be... I think Sunday I'm at... A, I'm supposed to go to a white party. What? <laughs> is that what I think it is? Bruv, I was so... Like, when <laughs> Sophie told me about it, I was just like, what? But yeah, you got to wear all white. Sit around the pool. I'm not going to be Why? a real white, though. I don't know, because rich white people do that shit. That's what they like to do. So that's what we're going to do. I hope you're contrarian and wear black. I'm going to wear... I'm just going to go naked. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think that's, that's a good middle line. But no. George, the nine, the nine bottles of wine that you bought, are they... I'm picturing that you bought three bottles of three. Nah, mi- complete mixed bag actually. Ooh. They didn't really, ha- they didn't have anything that took my fancy, so I just picked up uh, nine five pound bottles of wine. Just because I knew. Were any, of, 
Because I, I knew you'd be coming around on the weekend, so I thought... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think it was worth getting a good... That's interesting. So, no, Aldi are presumably similar to Lidl. Like, they must yeah. have some, like, £10, £10, £15 bottles as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's what I was hoping. But no, they were all around the 5 to £7 range. Really? In, in the, in the stress of Aldi. Because um, I'm really interested to know, like, whether you could taste the difference in. Because, like, people say about a five pound bottle of wine, the the, bo- the bottling process costs like four pounds. Yeah, exactly. So it's like the amount of money that they can spend on making that wine, like, good providence and all of that stuff, is limited. But then, yeah. Well, mate, pick up a bottle of. A Rioja or something like that, or Del Duro, whatever from Portugal, and yeah. we'll do we'll do some taste tests on the sat on the Saturday because you'll see like a good Rioja will have seen a bit of oak as well, like you know eight to sixteen months or something like that. So you'll be able to taste those vanilla toasty flavors, whereas did, George, the sustenance did, did squeezed you, out. Did you have yeah? to train your palate? Like, is is that because I I taste wine? You know, if I, someone gives me a glass of wine and they go. There's like agrooms and blah 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 blah, and you can taste it. I taste the wine, and to me, I just taste like a bit bitterness. I can't pick out these flavors that people are telling me. Yeah, does uh, your yeah, palate you develop over time? Your palate it developed during the course as you kind of get told all the different things, and you can pick up the notes. But then, unless you do it regularly, and if you smoke the you know quite a few ciggies now and again, then that. Absolutely kills the palate. All oh, right, then game over <laughs> for me. Talking of, talking of which, complete, <laughs> complete game over then. Oh, so that's why. Okay, I did understand. <laughs> oh, well, that can't be right because, like, French people love yeah. a cigarette, and like people who love wine are big into like cigars and stuff like that. So, but I suppose yeah. at a certain point, you're. Oh, uh, George, cigar on Saturday. We could do, or we could just yeah. smoke it, or we could just smoke smoke cigarettes. <laughs> do you know they banned? Do you know they banned the sale of menthol bags I, in the UK? I, I did not know that. No, they I banned menthol bags. Menthol bags can't buy them in shops anymore. Why? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I know. So that's Those good. are your go-to, aren't they, Jim? Yeah. <laughs> go-to, bro. <laughs> A little, a little. What was it? Menthol? Uh, no, Marlboro Jewel or something like that. One of the clicks. A little. Um, what was I telling you, George? Like the red wine that's quite sweet. I think it's Prima Primitivo. Primitivo. I had another one of those recently, and it was like, yeah. And even Rachel doesn't really drink. She said she she didn't mind it, but I think that was probably because it was just quite sweet. But I don't know whether that's a natural characteristic associated with the with the grape or the yeah. So one of the things I've I've noticed recently in certain wines is that if you're buying them from your Tesco's or your Sainsbury's, a lot of the wines there are for the British palate, which tend to be a bit sweeter. So if you're picking up a bottle and all the writing on the back is in English, there yeah. you know, and it's a Primitivo, say, and then you pick up a Primitivo and all the writing's in Italian, then the one in English is going to be sweeter. Quite often, I find, even though there may be different vineyards and some different things like that, but still, it's just a lot of the British wine or wine for the British market is, is sweeter than 
you're Spanish or you're Italian or you're French. No, it's the same with champagne in Africa. It's usually demi-sec, so it's really a lot sweet. Oh, really sweet? Sweet, sweet, yeah, so it's horrible. Can't drink it for long. But... Are you working today, Jim? Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, no one one knows what time this is recorded. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just have to edit this bit out (laughs) first. Kill me, George. This is a conversation that we have pre the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, obviously, because it's the evening now, but it, but it works. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I get mugged off by the boys saying that I don't work hard enough. But I take time. This is uh, okay. So I'm oh, bro, you should. Uh, yeah, like you should get. Honestly, I feel. Like, I wish I could just like bottle up the feedback and sentiment that I have from my from my colleagues and teammates because yeah. like. That's beautiful, man. They love they love working with me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, man. I'm an empowerer, an enabler, a facilitator. Oh, That's the route I'm thing, going man. down in the kitchen. I'm giving oh. them. I'm giving them tasks. You know, before it was like they just showed up and they did nothing, but now because yeah. the chef's not there, you got to do this. So today, one guy had to make a sauce. So tomorrow, I hope it's nice. What sauce? It's like a red pe- red pepper and aubergine sauce to have with like red a f- pepper and aubergine. Yeah, I'm imagining a paste. Yeah, it is more like a paste, but it's going to be like uh, as a condiment on the side of like a fillet fillet bœuf, and then um, gonna do a salsa verde with it, and some potatoes, potatoes, roasted fr- nice. potatoes. Well, nice. it's just a weekend thing. So we have to empty the freezer. George, we went on a... Which which uh, champagne tour did we do? Which champagne house did we go to? Well, when you were here? Yeah, with George. Did you go I on... Was it, was it on the automatic cars or did we do the walk-in? No, we went to Champ- uh, Moet, no? Yeah. Uh, no, because we went with Tom and Yo, and that's when we went to Moet. Oh, that's when Sophie's brother was there still. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then, like, what was it? I think he hooked us up with a few more glasses, and then some of the people we were on were like, now we're not drinking. And Yo and Tom were just like... <laughs> yeah, necking their drinks as well. <laughs> I say Yo and Tom because they're not on this podcast to defend themselves. I'm sure it was me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he yeah, went yeah. on the... Mercier one, I think it was like automated. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we went on that one. Are they a good house? They're not rated. No, I mean like they're well. They're, because it's like one of the first houses. Yeah, it's like world famous, so people go there. But it's funny how like the big houses are seen. What the how the champagne's rated in the region? Like, yeah, they're not rated. But how does Verve LP? NLP, how do they rank? But again, I think, especially here in Apennine, a lot of the houses, because everyone's a lot, a lot of the vineyards are smaller, smaller vines, smaller production. They just, if you're a big boy, they just like, oh yeah, but you're just a big boy, so you don't make like real champagne. Because like, what huh? What about the uh, the Aldi 10, 10.99 stuff? Mm. Mate, I don't know. Was it you that told me about it, June? 
No, yeah, it wasn't you. You. Had, you. you had it with me, and then you, like, the you drank it, and you're like, because I gave it to you blind, obviously. Yeah. And you were like, oh, that's quite nice. And then I showed you the label. You're like, nah, it's, it's rough. And I was like, no, no, I, no, I wasn't like, don't lie. <laughs> don't lie. This guy just attacking my character. It wasn't that. <laughs> it wasn't like that. Bro, how come that doesn't have a, why does that not have a, um, yeah. Because it's like, like when it was bottled. Uh, it might have, it probably have one on the, um, the cork. Ah, okay. So I have to open it to find out. Yes. Oh, George, what do you think about that? A Blanc de Blanc. Can I look out for the weekend? Yeah, that'd be very nice. Oh. What else you got on there, Jim, then? I've also got a, a classic Hardy's stamp. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I might bring this Campari and Martini because I ain't drinking that. Is, oh, is yeah. that no, an empty bottle it. of water with no top on your wine rack? Uh, that's for watering the plants. Oh, okay. I've also got this, which I think will be quite interesting. It's from the Sudtirol uh, in Austria. It's a Gruner Veltliner. I don't know what that means. So that'll be like minerally, if you like your whites minerally, like a Riesling. Yeah, I don't know what that means. What's the really sweet wine that they sell in, um, they, they make out of like Alsace? Lambrini. No, it's not. So you can, it's a, with, they also, Alsace do a Riesling as well, but yeah. like, they're usually, um, they're kind of dry. <coughs> do you remember, the, it uh, was on the year actually that you guys came on the walk. There was that stand that was sell, doing German wine. Do you remember? And they had like nah. a really sweet. You don't. Well, obviously, you were licked. <laughs> George, 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 you were licked, and George was naked. So it's just like <laughs> that what? still gets brought up regularly. It's quite funny. <laughs> that video, man. Oh man, I remember watching that and then laughing because everyone else is laughing and not understanding. And, and then realizing, yeah. You're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Good times. Girl, those are the days. How long? How many years ago was that there? Five or six. Because Tom yeah. said last week it was seven years when you guys came. I think it was like a year and a bit after. For a long time ago, man. The world was a different place back then. Yeah, so do you reckon that, that so does, does champagne get better with age? Or it just depends on the which year it was made? Like, I don't know. I think I think it, it changes flavor. Yeah. Uh -huh. But like we had, for instance, when was Sophie's last birthday? So when Sophie's born, her dad made like 25, 25 magnums that year. Yeah. And we had one, and you had we had one magnum every. They had one magnum every year on her birthday. <clears throat> so we had the last one on her twenty fifth birthday. Which yeah. Was a while ago now, but like when when we had it. I was just like, whoa. I felt like it, it was like a bit like Dom P. It was just like really complex, I found. But I couldn't tell you what it was, but it just wasn't the same as another champagne I'd ever had before. So that, and that was 25 years old. That's the oldest I've had. Mm. But then some of them, like the high street one, which is old, it will not be nice, right? No, no, I don't think so. Like supposedly, <laughs> Sophie's dad's like, if you buy a cheap bottle, like drink it within like six years or something. Yeah. But I don't know. 
I don't know, but I know that that one we had, Sophie's one, that was next. It's nice. It wasn't like it wasn't very fizzy at all anymore. Yeah, but it was nice. But I liked it. Uh, you know that is it in the actual brewing phase. You know where they talk about doing the quarter turn every six months or something like that. Yeah. Is it in the brewing phase? What do you mean? Like the fermentation thing? Yeah, there's something where you have to turn all the bottles like a quarter turn every like whatever period of time. Yeah, I used to do that for Damien. Like they're like in these racks, like that are like facing each other, and each yeah. each rack's got like this. Can't even, I don't know the technical word for it, but it's got like a hole in it, but it's like a gradient yeah. hole, so like you can move it, the bottle at different angles. So it starts uh-huh. out horizontal, and you slowly turn it. But as you're turning it, you're moving the bottle up as well, slowly, uh-huh. to get the sediments to eventually fall into the bottleneck. <clears throat> so that when you do the degorgement, all the sediments come out, and you just have the champagne left in the bottle. Got it. But they usually they do that after it's been like after you've pressed the grapes and you've bottled the grape, bottled the. You've put the juice in the bottles and done your mixing and all of that rubbish. Yeah. Last year, though, at work, we did these masterclasses where, like, a a vigneron from around the way would come to work and do, like, a talk about a few bottles or whatever. And um, once this guy called um, Selos, Jack Selos, so, like, in the area, he's known as, like, his dad's known as like the top dog, like one of the best vineyards, blah, 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 on the phology guys. Anyway, we hear about him all the time. Every time he comes to the restaurant, he's like super VIP. You have to be really nice to him. He can like book a table for one, show up at like 2.30. Some long guy, bruv. Anyway, <laughs> um, he did a masterclass. And then like we get to taste the, some glasses at the end. So I had a glass. And, bro, like, I don't know, it's the only time it's ever happened to me in my life. But when you taste something and it's, like, goosebumps, do you know what I mean? It was like, I tasted this this champagne. I was like, whoa, this, is, this, isn't, this isn't like everything else. This is special. Guess how much it was a bottle? Like 3,000 euros? No, it wasn't that. Bro, he's doing a talk <laughs> in a restaurant, mate. It's not that deep. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> it was like 160 quid a bottle. So, oh, this is pretty reasonable. <laughs> well, yeah, reasonable. <laughs> is, that a, is that trade or at restaurant price? No, that's that's trade. Restaurant price, you double it. Yeah. yeah. So he's, yeah. Country, yeah. Mm. What's the most expensive wine that you've drunk, George? Uh, I had actually because you know I was going to get married two weeks ago yeah uh, some of the boys bought me a bottle of Dom Perignon actually uh, that was nice 2008 and I guess that I, that was probably cool. the most expensive well yeah 2008 was the vintage I don't know how much it is but I'm going to guess they're, they're usually around £100 odd, so I imagine it's that was, yeah, by far and away the most expensive bottle of wine I've ever drunk. I don't think I've ever drunk one. Probably it's, about 30 quid. Maybe lo- in a restaurant. It's lovely, years. isn't it, Dumpy? Huh? It's lovely. 
It fucks me off. Yeah, it fucks me off when I see pictures of the bottles in nightclubs, though. So I'm just like, you motherfuckers don't even know the work that's gone into this thing. And you're just spraying it on some plastic fucking bullshit. Anyway, but like, um, it's so good. Like, really, I think what, it so, is. So, like, current day, what makes it so special? Just because they're bottled for their age for so long before being sold. It's like seven, 12 year minimum. But that's that's my point, right? So, like, why can't I just take a bottle of that and just leave it for 10 years? Yeah, because the base wine isn't the same. It's not. I don't understand yeah. what you're asking. So the the quality the quality of the grapes. So it's all like Chardonnay, right? Yeah. And Blanc de the Blanc quality top of the top of the grape that they've used probably isn't going to be as complex. They may not be. You know, it wouldn't have sat in oak for as long, so it wouldn't have developed. And then the yeast, you know, that forms that you get that malolactic fermentation, which to, where the kind of yeast dissolves a little bit into the wine, and that's where it adds those complex notes and then it develops that buttery tasty notes as well um, just and they're the things that George is just dropping knowledge he just bombs after <laughs> bombs bro that's also what we call it in the business chatting shit you're talking yeah. so much chemistry degree not a chemistry you, degree George a chemistry <laughs> PhD thank you very much Physics, physics, PhD, chemistry, undergraduate. Well, I was saying that oh, yeah. so like, <laughs> I can't chat shit. Like, you know, like sometimes at work you make something. If I make like a person, a deal, a meal for the personnel or something, you bring it out and they're like, what is it? And it's like, it's like chicken and rice, guys. Like, yeah, eat. And it's like, no, everyone's like, yeah, but it's not just chicken and rice. But it's like, what? Do you want me to list everything that's in it? But my chef, for example, he's really good at like being like, I made this like roasted lamb with a croot of blah blah blah. But for me, I'm just like, bruh, you can see on the plate what's in it. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, tell me why, and I'll try and make it better next time. Pretty simple. Yeah, but people like that, right? Yeah, people, I know. people yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. mm, yeah, I know. They, they get, yeah, people like to know if they're getting if you're making this aubergine and red pepper sauce they'd be like ah oh. if you were to say you've got the aubergines local they'd be like fuck i'll pay an extra five yeah, euro for yeah. that mm. <laughs> well, when paid, uh, 10 pounds for some asparagus shoots right oh I found, and that's old yeah that was a mistake but you wait till you come around uh and try these courgettes at the moment oh absolutely- like rach is really excited about the veggies because from like the ones that you did last time i was like who cares about the veggies but sure why do you make your, um, what do you make with the veggies? Oh, uh, the like the the big the big green onion, the big sludge spring onion. The big so, green yeah, onion. Well, we we just grilled we grilled spring onions, which were quite and it went down very well. Spring got but uh, isn't it crazy how they taste like leeks when you grill them? Not think that yeah. just me. Okay. Well, like they got they're from the same similar family. But yeah, same, same family, yeah. but are like. I was I grilled them the other day, made some yakitori. I'm a bad man. And then I grilled them. You like that, didn't you? Thought I was gonna yeah. pronounce it wrong. Didn't you, I mean, when you say yakitori, do you mean a kebab? Yeah. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> Just checking. Just checking. <laughs> By the way, did you roll on to the next recording? 
Yeah, mate. I'm on. Okay. I'm on point. Sauce, so bro. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we because so I moved house in August last year. and We've got a small little garden, so we've been able to grow a bit of vegetables this year, which has been help, helpful during lockdown. Um, small so little that, garden. Modest, yeah. But like, um, we've got yeah the courgettes. You should see the size of them now as well. One of them about as big as my arm. It's massive. Sophie's dad grew some Portuguese courgettes last year. Biggest things I've ever seen. They're like fucking <laughs> watermelons. They're so big. Did they take? Were they tasty there? Yeah, they were nice. But I do prefer them smaller. Just a bit yeah. more concentrated and sugar. But it's yeah, it's good. I like courgettes. I didn't before. I found the texture a bit like uh but now I'm all about textures. Like. <laughs> There's no oh, see, like I think that sometimes good food is about the real juxtaposition of textures, Hundreds, tastes, yeah. and temperatures. Hundreds it's the three T's, man. Oh, um, is that whoa, whoa? Are you dropping knowledge? <laughs> just saying, it's actually something that I've just come up with myself. But maybe I should write a book about it. Yeah, that's three, quite the, deep. The, the that was quite T's. deep. The three T's. Uh, I'll tell you what. What that's like. I, I I kind of made the combination myself when it's a bit random, but Rich does this amazing chocolate brownie, right? Yeah. And so when the chocolate brownie is hot, you've got that crunchy exterior, but some of the chocolate inside, and particularly the inside, is like really gooey. You're not like apparently the secret is not to stir the bits because if you do, you put air into it, and then it becomes cakey. Yeah, you, you work more gluten into the flour if you over stir. It's like a pan, when you make a pancake. You just want the flour to not be there. Um, yeah, sure. Okay. That's the science. Anyway, exactly. And that's why you're here, isn't it? But then, so that comes out, and then you've got, like, nice brownie where you've got that, like, crispy shell on the outside, but the inside is super dense, super mm. juicy, super buttery, and super rich, and you've got that flavour. But then you mix that with, like, a good dollop of... Uh, like fresh yogurt so there you've got cold that's like tangy but it really offsets the the sweetness of the brownie and so when you take a, a spoon with both of them in it you immediately get that rush of that like that the first sensation that you get is the cold and the tangy but then that deep velvety thickness of and richness of the chocolate really really comes through as well as that kind of crescendo of temperature in your mouth it is dreamy, bro. You know, um, clotty cream's deep with hot brownies as well, bro. <laughs> it's quite bitter as well. And Which is like, no, I get it, because that's, that's a standard thing, or an ice cream. What I really think is interesting about the yogurt is because, you know, you have that sourness yeah. of, like, natural yogurt, Greek yogurt, whatever. Mm. When you mix those up, I think it works really, really well. Try it, bro. Try it in your restaurant. There you are. I'll, freezies. Try it. I'll try it. Freezies. Thanks. I'm, I it's should, deep. I, I it's, it's a deep one as well. I bet my brownies are better there. Well, what you reckon they are? My brownie's pretty fucking deep, mate. It's uh, pretty like, deep. And although I don't doubt that, Rach is... I don't know what she, she does like, to it. For ages, Sophie was making the brownies at home. Yeah. And then I was just like, I don't want to shit on your parade like I don't want to make a brownie but if you want me to make one 
I'll make it. So I made my brownie. Since then, no one else is allowed to make brownies apart from Kwame. I think that's all mm. that needs to be said. I mean, I think the only way of adjudicating this is in George's back garden after a good steak dinner. We'll have a blind taste take blind do you, do you ever taste make, test um, between yours. Do you make desserts and stuff on your big green egg? Or do you just cook meat? <laughs> uh, I had just, just veg, fish and meat at the moment. Um, but yeah, you can do. I got the... I made um, I made some bread in my Weber kettle during the confinement. I was pretty chuffed. <laughs> How did it turn out? What did, what type of loaf? A little oh, bit I of just made like the kettle, bro. I just no, shut up, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I made no. I just did it in a um. What's it called? Oh fuck! What do they call it in England? A cocotte. Dutch oven. Dutch oven. Like a, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. It was just Isn't a Dutch oven when you start under the covers? <laughs> yeah, I, you're just a mug. <laughs> uh, why would you want to bake anything in there? It smells funny, man. <laughs> uh, I, I, all this talk of food, I haven't had lunch, guys, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop. Okay. Nice. Uh, when you say lunch, George, you obviously mean dinner because we're recording this in the evening. Evening. Yeah. I, I'm thinking I should probably go and do just a little bit extra just to take me into the night as well. Yeah, you, you do that. Sunday, Kwame, we'll make it happen. Yeah. Safe. Safe, George. Later. Have a lovely night. Take care, guys. Bring good good to bit, catch up. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm a go as well, Kwams. You loser. You loser. Bro, serious. Like, Connor. Do you know we have 36 listens? They're all men. How do you, how, yeah, how does it work that one out? I don't know. I think it takes the accounts that it's listened to, listened to on, if it's like on Spotify or something. Um, That's interesting. I've definitely sent it to some of my female colleagues at work. Are we? <laughs> and they've, they've obviously piled it off, so. If you're not into podcasts, you're not into podcasts, mate. Like, it's a thing. It's true. It's true. But I think also it's like a nice, um, have you stopped recording? No, not yet. I was going to say, I think it's like, you know, like Tom, when we first spoke, when I first spoke to him, he was like, oh, I don't know what I'll say and this and the other. Whereas, like, you and I, we obviously don't plan what we're going to talk about. Do you know what I said to one of the guys at work the other day? He was like, what's the podcast? And I was like, you know what? It started out as something, but it's actually just me and June just chatting shit. So it's basically our friendship recorded. That's it. And then sometimes we have people come on. That's why it's real talk, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. On that note, that's a perfect timing to end it, mate. Safe people, bye bye. Next time, bro. We'll make it happen on Sunday. All right, that's cool. I won't be at home though, but I'll bring my laptop. So, where where you at? I'll be outside at the white party. That sounds crazy, man. Mate, it's gonna be weird, but we'll see how it goes. but will the house have a swimming pool? The house will have a swimming pool. Deep. Yeah, it's supposed to be a nice house. Very nice house. The dude's nice though. You know those Who's re- in the who's in the house that we the last one that we stayed at? Who lives there now? Tezza. But Oh, there's Todd. Yeah. He's got, I think he's back with his missus, I'm not sure. But yeah, him him on his Todd, yeah, it's a big old house. But you know he's playing Monopoly, so he's always busy. So uh, 
Life's good. We'll try and get out there at some point in the summer, man. Yeah, I need that two-week confinement thing to end in England soon. So I can yeah, I, I heard somewhere that it doesn't apply if you're coming from France, no? I don't know. what I've, Everything I've read has just been like, you got regardless of where you come from. But I'll have another yeah. look. But if it's changed, hopefully I can get some time to come down. All right, bro. Bye, bro. Safe, man. Soon. Bye. Bye-bye.